Welcome back to Brian's Rompod. Now, for a change, what I've decided to do is to split Caitlin's interview into two parts. The first part, we talk about what prompted her to get into running, specifically the life-changing event that set her on this path. In the second podcast, which will feature in a couple of weeks' time, we'll talk about her new career. I know Caitlin will really hate me for saying this as a life coach, or rather a mind coach. What have been the challenges and the different types of audience she's had to deal with? I really hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I have. And let's start with the first part of our discussion. So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. And welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome to Brian's Rompod today. My guest today is Caitlin Limmer, who... I would describe as being the running Pied Piper of Twickenham. A life-changing moment in 2004 where her husband was told that she only had 40 minutes to live due to a rare blood cancer has shaped her philosophy of life. It's all about grabbing every opportunity life has thrown. She has been an opera singer, actor, life coach, and not forgetting a running coach. She says, and I quote, the people come first, the running comes a very close second. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, oh, good morning. Good morning. What a privilege this is. <laughs> Thank you very it much. Is. Thank you very much. Well, I know this is a running podcast and I know we'll get on to what you're doing now. Um, but first of all, I mean, I know I briefly touched on it in your introduction, but how did you get into, into running? Oh, well, um, I got into running. The story is very plain and simple. Yeah. I was very ill, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, and I was given 40 minutes to live, and many people know that story now, um, yeah. a long time ago now, 19 years ago. And as a result of it, um, my body was a little bit shot. I was told that my bone density was uh, going to be a real issue in my life. Yeah. And in my naivety at that time, I thought, bone density, bone density, what does that mean? How can I help myself? Mm. And I thought, running, running, that, that's what people say, build your bone density. So that is how I literally started. I had a year to try and change my bone density before I was going to have this next scan. And I wanted to prove to this wonderful woman that had saved my life that we could counteract it and that I you know, I can make it better. Mm. Um, so that's how I started. And, you know, I hated it. <laughs> I still do. Love, hate. Um, and D ditto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's a story for many people. Mm, mm. Um, and, you know, and then I fell in love with what it was giving me. So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the moment I laced up my trainers and, got on the road really properly now i know you said um i know this is sort of kind of sort of jumping about a bit but i know you said that you trained as an opera singer i mean did that help you in any way in terms of what you you know what your your journey you're about to embark on or 
or not? Mm, so I think at the time I didn't recognize it, but I totally recognize now that singing and running give you very similar end results mm. in that you get a great big high from singing, um, using that oxygen, um, working together. You know, I was in chorus of many operas and it's discipline, it's camaraderie, it's community, it's working hard towards a goal. So all of those things, you know, I definitely, uh, replicate in in running um so yeah i mean uh, beyond that well you know there, there are quite a lot of similarities anyway but uh they're the immediate ones i can think of hmm. but obviously uh opera singers in my day which was you know 25 years ago now were not fit uh not uh, into exercise necessarily i could be making a rather uh sweeping statement but in my day I'd, i never saw many people that were really into exercise um and now of course i'm sure uh that actors and opera singers you know have to be far more uh health minded mm. and you know the stronger we are for everything for for shows or for running 5ks the better so in those early years, I say, you know, this started in 2004, what was it that kept you going? I mean, obviously, you've kind of embarked on uh, doing doing more exercise. I mean, there must have been something. Yeah, I I know. I think, you know, when you start running and once you've done it for more than a few weeks, you start gaining the benefits mm. and those benefits just never stop coming. You know, once you've got into that habit, and, you know, you reap the reward every single time. And then you start pushing that comfort zone out. You go from your 5K to your 10K and more confidence comes. And that has a knock-on effect in something else you're doing in your life. And so, you know, the challenge for me then became to, I thought, gosh, I I want to run the London Marathon, you know, as many people do. And I, I thought I, my father had died when I was 20 and he had died at um, a wonderful hospice called the Princess Alice Hospice. And I thought, gosh, I, I want to run the London Marathon and, and pay them back for he'd been in there six weeks, which these days, of course, is highly unusual. And, and he didn't have money. So, you know, we couldn't give them much at the time. And I thought, I want to, I want to, you know, give them some money. And so I, you know, I got a place for Princess Alice and I also wanted to send a photo, that finish line photo that you get from the London Marathon. I wanted to take it to this lady, this wonderful woman who's still in the profession called Miss Girling, who had saved my life at Westmead. Uh, well, she actually, she'd saved my life by saying she she couldn't help me anymore and by sending me to someone else. But I wanted to take her that photo. So there were, there were two reasons. So, um, yeah, the goals. And then, you know, you, I just, you know, fell in love with it. And it, it it became such a passion that I thought, I've got to give this to other people now. So for me, <laughs> you know, it's, it went from first mile to change of career to 20 years later, I'm talking to you about it, which still makes me laugh. <laughs> Oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> do you, 
Um, just going back to that particular event, um, what was it? Um, because I know you've mentioned it a couple of times. What was it that that you know who who or who or, or what event was it that changed your life at that time? Because especially your husband being told this, mm. you know, it's very much like you know, Allah, what Nikki Lauda giving the last rites. You know, yeah. but you know, he, yeah. he had that determination to, to, to get mm. back to going back into the Formula One world championship. That's the only way thing I can think of at the top of my mind. But what mm. was it, um, that, that basically, you know, saved your life? Um, what was it? Literally, yeah. uh, literally, it was pioneering new surgery. Right. I can, I can be found in the medical books now, mm. which, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got a letter that was requesting my uh, uh, say so that I could be put in the medical books. So at the time, um, you know, and I shan't go into great deal about it, but I had um, I burst six arteries, and um, they they basically glued them back together in pioneering new surgery, and I, yeah, they hadn't. I don't think they'd done it before. Um, And they literally said to me when I sort of came back around, I mean, saying that I was actually awake for this surgery just, but I'd had several operations in the previous days before where I hadn't been awake. So I was completely out of it really. Um, But they couldn't put me under again because I'd had too many operations and 24 hours later, when I came back around and the consultant came and saw me up in a hospital up in London when I'd I'd been blue lighted up there. And he just said to me, look, we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed. And it's part of a talk I give now. I remember this man standing there over my face saying, all right, Caitlin, hello, hello, Caitlin, you all that, you know, and and he literally crossed his fingers over my face. And I, I remember thinking, <laughs> wow. Wow. mate, you know, you know, that's my life in your little crossed fingers there. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep our fingers crossed, shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. And and a whole heap more if it's all right with you. <laughs> um, but he didn't know, you know, he didn't know whether it was gonna work. And at the time I didn't realise how how close to the edge I'd been. Um, you know, I, I remember having recollections afterwards where, as you said with your other story, um, I had uh, the memory of two wonderful people, one of whom became a very best friend of mine, a South African minister. I remember he came to my hospital bed with his wife and, um, yeah, yeah, let's just say they came and visited me. um but subsequently actually he was as I say a man that became one of my best friends he was also a runner and he taught me to love running Mm. as well and uh he told me (laughs) he taught me a whole heap more in other ways as well but uh he was pivotal in my life in running and actually, the other career that I've now taken in coaching, mm. it was a love of people. He 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 helped me find, well, not find, he just uh, had that same love of people. Let's take a quick break. 
Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively, what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now, back to the podcast. I mean, I've known you, you know, a long time um, Mm. and you've always been a really sort of inspirational and quite positive person. But were Mm. you, have you always been that way? Um, Or is it that, uh, like you say, uh, you know, life-defining event that completely changed your attitude towards um, what you were going to be like going forward? Or, Or did that come at a later stage? No, I think, you know, I was never, um, I think I was always quite positive and go-getting and, but, you know, I mean, to a degree, you know, I, uh, but I, yeah, I, I totally know that this illness was something that made me just go, whew, you know, you better crack on, love, because, because I, within the year, I was also diagnosed with a blood cancer um, separate to this event. And I was also told within that year um, it will be transplant, it will be chemotherapy. And, you know, so it was these, you know, these moments and you hear them over and over again from people having illnesses. But it really did make me think, right, love, you got to crack on. And I still do because I still have this blood cancer. Uh, thank goodness it's not done what they thought it would do. But, you know, I'm always told by them, you know, it, it's it's watch and wait. Transplant has happened to every, you know, the majority of other people that have got this condition. And, you know, that's that's always been the road that I've been told I would be going down. Is it my positive mental attitude is it the fact that I've been in a career of sport and health for 20 years that has sort of paused this I don't know I don't know probably so you said that you wanted to give something back and you um so you thought well let's start the Bearcat Running Club um and I know it's named after the pub is that right it's named after my husband's comedy club. Comedy club. That's right. Sorry, yeah. Mm. yeah. That's all right. So, Based at the back. Yes. So, um, so how, how did that kind of come about? You know, obviously it's a little, you know, an idea, a germ of an idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it, well, it came about, I'll tell you exactly how it came about. Um, I'd been sort of, I had group after group each week of of people, or not each week, each day, of more and more people that I was sort of helping with running. We turned up one day at Gunnersbury 10K, and there were loads of us. And one of my runners uh, won the female event, uh, which was amazing. And we all went to the pub afterwards, and people said, we want to be part of something, Kaylin. People keep saying, who do you run for? And we can only just point at you and go, yeah, it's that loud ginger bird over there. That's that. That's who we run for. Yeah. We run for her. And 
And, you know, they said, we want to be part of something. And, you know, and again, I speak about this and I, you know, it's, I, you know, the words running club fill me with fear and, you know, and, and not that they aren't brilliant, but there's a, there's a terrible assumption that I even myself make about running clubs and, you know, I thought, well, I don't want to set up a running club, you know. I mean, God, you know, I've avoided that kind of thing all my life, really. Or I just thought they weren't for me. But, of course, I, I thought, well, hang on, I could set up something a little bit different that's not just about league tables and competition. And, and please don't get me wrong, I have the utmost respect mm. for that area. Mm. But it wasn't my forte. Still isn't my forte isn't my passion my passion is the every man it's teaching the person you know I, I would say it's the sort of uh, the London marathon of running clubs you know for everyone for the person that wants to you know just do their first marathon and run walk it for the person yes for the person that still wants to kill three and a half hours yeah we've got that as well but it is I wanted to sort of fill a possible gap I saw in the market. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't as clever as that. I wasn't thinking that specifically. I just thought, yeah, I want to provide an environment that was nurturing. Um, and so It's funny that, you should say that because the guy who started Park Run had the same philosophy. Um, mm, and of course, of course. He said, you know, doing some research and I have it, it, mm. um, I, I, I sort of did a podcast about him, and basically mm. he was so he was he was injured, he lost his job, um, and he was going through depression. But the thing he did love doing was running with his friends, and that's mm. how he started mm. Park Run at Bushy Park. You know, so, and he didn't and he didn't want to do the he didn't want to do the running club thing or whatever. Although he was a good runner, mm. but you know he just wanted to run with his friends. Yeah, and he, so he, Paul and Joanne, who you're referring to yeah. there, they are friends mm -hmm. and heroes of mine. Yeah. And he very kindly once said, I think we must have caught him in a vulnerable moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, he said, and I've got it on camera, he said, if Park Run was a running club, it would be Bearcat Running Club, which was right. <laughs> And I went, right, we'll keep that in the can. We'll have that. We'll that. I'm talking about it eight years later or how many years later. Yeah. You know, because it was so flattering that he said that, that he could see that that was what I was trying to do. And he, you know, has been a wonderful, gentle mentor of mine for many years. He, um, he is a very beautiful man. And my goodness, what him and his wife and his team have achieved, whew, you know, yeah. just miraculous yeah. how many lives he's changed mm -hmm. and continues to change. And I just, yeah, I've, again, you know, he was rather like my South African minister, you know, real, real shining lights to me, real huge mentors, whether they knew it or not. Amazing, the success. And also in your own way, you know, the success that you've had locally, do you mm. think you're a bit of a minor celebrity? 
I, I, uh, I don't yeah. say I like that sounds very disparaging that but I mean it's sort of like a, a sort of a local celebrity you know in this area and yeah well you know what <laughs> <laughs> I how can I possibly answer that question how do we define local celebrity no I mean no oh, oh I wrote something down about that uh, <laughs> no no I don't I oh I uh, not at all not at all I just see myself as someone that has got the most tremendous amount of people that I know and love and care about. And I have a gene in me that winds a lot of my family up because <laughs> I know it doesn't at all, but I, I just, you know, I just genuinely love people. Yes. I find people fascinating. I find you know, it matters to me that every person gets equal merit, gets equal attention. And, you know, I I truly, and again, it's something I, you know, I've spoken about for many years. You know, I, I, I think we all have something to teach each other, yeah. whether it's positive or negative, you know, and sometimes it is negative, but then we learn from that as well. Mm. Um, and I, you know, every time I meet someone, I, you know, I want to know what that, what, what's that thing? What's that thing I've got to learn from them, you know? Mm. And it's, yeah, I just genuinely find people fascinating and I enjoy learning from people. Yeah. I mean, it's something I've learned in, in, in recent years that we can learn as much from our failures as, as our successes. If, if not, oh. if not, you know, you know, they, they talk about this kind of growth mindset, but it's very much, you know, I think that's that's just as important. So um, let's kind of push it on a bit. How how did you get on this journey as becoming a life coach? Um, well, I've been thinking about coaching. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a word uh, away the word life coaching mm. from from this, and it's only because. People make such assumptions about what a life coach is. And they sort of see nice plant pots behind my, you know, or on graphics and <laughs> and it's all a bit airy fairy. And I, I want to sort of, I'd love to blast that assumption away from this conversation. Um, my, for me, going into coaching was a natural progression. I dealt with the body mm. and I deal with the body through the mind. Mm. Um, and I wanted to learn more about how to allow people's mind to uh, grow as much as the body. And, um, and again, it was, so it was a continuation of my love of people, a love of wanting to see people achieve. Um, and, and to overcome the hurdles that were stopping them achieve. Um, I take my coaching really seriously. It's, it's actually very different from running coaching. With running coaching, I'm an educator. You know, there are facts. There are facts and figures of how we learn to run. And you can give people advice. With coaching, predominantly, it is my role to 
help people find their answers. Yes, a lot of people come to me thinking, oh, we're going to ask Caitlin. Caitlin will know the answer. Caitlin will be able to point me in the right direction. There can be elements of that. But I always say to clients, I can give you my answer, but my answer is not your answer. I have not lived the life that you have led. I have not had the experiences you have had. Therefore, it's a collaborative process. So my coaching is good questioning. It's challenging where necessary. And it is down to whatever the client wants, you know, and it's variable. It can be relationship issues. It can be I want to write a book. It can be I want to, you know, uh, transition from the corporate world into, you know, starting my own business. It is multifaceted and it is an utter, utter privilege to do. Um, I, I love it. And when I went into it, I remember the first sort of time I started on the on the course and, you know, they said, you know, you could have, you know, people from Shell, you know, the MD of Shell. And I was like, what? How on earth can I coach the MD of Shell? Yeah. And now I'm now I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Mm. We are all human. Mm. We all have the same issues, mm. believe it or not. Mm. You know, so. Just. Oh, just sharing in these conversations with people and seeing them achieve. What an utter privilege. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website www.brianesrompod.co.uk and there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 